Over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace out at Distill, 7790 West Cheyenne. Millard out at City National Arena. I don't know that for sure. I'm just, I'm just taking a guess. And Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. I missed it yesterday. You better be ready, Chapman. You better be ready. Home of the... He was way better yesterday. I'm yeah, not going to lie was, to you. That wasn't good. He, that he was good. way better yesterday. Yeah. Because yesterday he was he was panicky and excited at the same time, and it just upped the level of his woo. Uh, I well, don't I don't generally do this, but because I forgot yesterday, and it will bring out some good vibes from from the performance <laughs> on Monday. Uh, I want to get our ratings for the performance and the victory over the St. Louis Blues because despite promoting it over and over again yesterday, we kept getting uh-huh. sidetracked down different uh, little tributaries, and and we, we never got to it. So I want your ratings, you guys, from the 6-1 victory over the St. Louis Blues on Monday. I, I think I'm anticipating it will be quick, and then we'll get into the preview of, of tonight's game. Let's let's get Chapman to go first. Go ahead, Chapman. I'm going to go wine and paint. Second period was phenomenal, but I feel like they kind of started a little slow in that first period. I know Pete DeBoer kind of mentioned it yesterday that he felt like they played better in one of the games against Minnesota than they did against St. Louis. Third period, kind of a throwaway, right? You're up 6-1, but it was a really good game. I mean, it, it was close to a Bob Ross, but I'm going to go wine and paint. All right, maybe it won't be as quickly as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, all right, for me, it's six goals against uh, against the St. Louis Blues, which is essentially expected at this point for the Golden Knights. It's a lot of scoring from your depth, and I, I'm leaning toward a Bob Ross on that one. I think Robin Leonard was fantastic. There's enough good in that game for me to go ahead and say it's a Bob Ross. And especially after everything that happened against the, the Minnesota Wild. I'm Bob Ross, yeah. too. Like, yeah, that's a exactly. slam dunk Bob Ross. You had great goaltending. You got uh, pucks through that you weren't able to do against the Minnesota Wild, and you piled up the goals uh, after you were pushed. Like, there was some mid-game urgency, not final 15 minutes of the third period urgency. Right. And, and after you had the big lead, you locked it down. There was no give back. And... The Minnesota-Colorado game on Monday night featured very similar situation. Colorado scored four goals in the second period, but Minnesota clawed their way back and was able to gain something out of it, even though they, they lost the game. There was none of that. Like, we can build on this and carry it over from the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the, the the Vegas Golden Knights were full marks for that, and I guess I misjudged the panel because we got two. Bo- <laughs> I thought it was going to be a Bob Ross sweep. Chapman doesn't give Bob Rosses when it's merited. No, but like he gives them when when it's like a three-two, <laughs> and and you you've 
somehow stumbled your way into I, a victory, he'll go, Bob Ross. I, I, I don't you think win, I've given you win too a many. Game, you win a game by five goals, and Mark Stone and Max Bax Pacioretty and Alex Tuck don't find the score sheet, and it's like, nah, it's not a good game. A run-of-the-mill 4-2 game. I didn't say it wasn't a good game. A run-of-the-mill 4-2 game. He's going, Bob Ross, best game I've ever seen in my life. I don't think I've Six done that either. triumph, and, and you blow away the opposition on the road in which uh, you're searching for some kind of offensive confidence. And, nah, I, you know, I, I'm going to stick figure. I didn't like the style of the goals. Well, they were fancy words in my goals. Mouth. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I, I – I think the two of you guys have given more Bob Rosses than I have. No, we're just saying that you give them at – No, I don't. don't I, 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 may have, I may have given one this entire season. You well, gave one premature Bob Ross. Yes, you yeah, did. Yeah. And then, then sure. you know, I was able to ease into the criteria a little bit more. But now, to be no, fair, I, I think I think you're afraid to give another Bob Ross. I think no, that's what it no, is. I, I no, I mean, I, I I listen to what the coach says. I I watch the game, and and you know what, they were they were really good, but they weren't nearly perfect. <laughs> okay, have you ever seen a perfect Bob Ross? No, but I've seen some some really damn good Bob Rosses that are perfection, close to perfect. Perfection isn't what it's about, Chris. No, I, I I understand that, and and I I like what Bob Ross is about, and I like what he stands for. But to, to be fair, though, guys, uh, Chapman didn't understand the ranking system at all <laughs> for the first twenty five games. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> so that that should take off. Uh, it it took me heat. three quarters of the season to finally yeah. figure out what what's what's the difference between yeah. a wine and paint and a paint by numbers. And, and we're not at the three quarter point of the season yet we, either. We, so we're, we we're, don't even have a paint by numbers. What are you talking I know, about? I know. <laughs> We are at the uh, two-thirds point of the season. There's one-third of the campaign left to go, and the Golden Knights have an opportunity to win all four games against one opponent on the road. So they can sweep St. Louis is basically what I'm saying in St. Louis if they pick up the win tonight. And, fellas, St. Louis is a little rattled right now. They are going to go back to some old lineup combinations. I I'm getting word that Mike Hoffman is going to be scratched tonight. Oh, wow. And I don't think that that is all healthy scratch initiated. There's some of uh, some inkling that that could be precautionary in, in advance of a trade uh, motivated huh. by, by the St. Louis Blues. So there's, there's a lot of things happening around the St. Louis Blues as they are five points out. This isn't a series where you can bounce a team from playoff uh, contention, but it is a regular season predicament where if the Golden Knights win and the Arizona Coyotes win tonight, the St. Louis Blues will be seven points out with a third of the season to go. You're pushing a team, one of your preseason contenders, one of your preseason favorites, closer to not being in the mix at all, and that's that should be big motivation for the Golden Knights tonight. And it should be absolute desperation for the St. Louis Blues. Yes. Like, should I have been the other night too. It, you're absolutely right, and and it wasn't. I mean, there were period, there were moments in time in that game where I thought St. Louis had that desperation that they needed. It just wasn't sustained long enough, and you've got to give the Golden Knights credit there. I, I'm curious to see what what type of game we get tonight when that energy level and that desperation is going to be higher. Should be higher for St. Louis. I love those types of games for the Golden Knights, and I like the fact that they're going to have more of them down the stretch because Vegas right now is fighting to get back in first place. I like that aspect of how this season is shaping up for the Golden Knights. 
yeah, it's great to be in first place the entire time. But if you can find ways to place extra importance on these games and you can find ways to, to kind of bring out just another level out of your game, I think that's good. And, and I'm excited for this one tonight. Ryan, there's, there's legitimate stuff at stake tonight. Yeah, 100%. And stuff is what I, uh, somehow I sum up chasing first place and for St. Louis chasing a playoff spot. There's implications big time, big picture to tonight's game. Uh, looks like Jordan Bennington's going to go back in uh, after mopping up the other night, and he was he was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, don't be surprised if you see Jordan Bennington mix it up a little <laughs> bit tonight. They have been after him to show some of that confidence, some of that swagger. Yeah. They think he plays a little bit better. Now, a lot of times you'll find coaches try to take the emotion out of their goaltender and just just focus on the game. It's a little different with Jordan Bennington, and I'll go to uh, uh, what happened in in San Jose as the most graphic demonstration. And when he was pulled from that game and what he did to push back, and they came back and won that game. They, They don't want him fighting. They don't want him taking penalties. But they would like to see some of that confidence, some of that swagger out of uh, out of uh, Jordan Bennington. And I think if there's any type of scrum ar- around the St. Louis Blues net tonight, especially in the in the front half of this game, I I think just watch for it and and see whether or not you see the goaltender jump up and get into it and get involved and try to, as much as a goaltender can, lead his team emotionally. You know it's intriguing to me about that is is i i i would love to see jordan binnington bring that edge to the game and i'd love to see what he's able to do in terms of contact right in in front of his crease because the golden knights their their mission objective i think over the course of these two games against st louis is to get to the front of the net and pay the price there to score goals so you're going to have essentially two objects that are going to be staking that claim to that territory i'm fascinated by that matchup what's the uh what's the old phrase like the uh immovable object versus uh help me out uh, on that line oh i this is so oh it's something fun. force right oh yes. goodness gracious i knew i shouldn't have brought it up with you this guys. is so good you no ryan knows it i i i'm trying to it's the the immovable object against the uh i've got re- i got reversible that part. is it is it uh irreversible force no Irreversible force. <laughs> leave it to leave it to Ryan. Okay, so I'm I'm just gonna mention this as Ryan thinks about it. No, no, no. I'm good. This is just funny. No, you don't want to. You, you can't. You can't find the answer to that. Force. Unstoppable, Unstoppable force. Unstoppable force. Immovable object. Thank Come you. on, guys. What Thank what is you. wrong with you? A uh, lot. I'm just dumb. <laughs> Chapman, irreversible. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Chapman's excuse is, <laughs> well, but I'm just not very smart. There's a lot of them. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I'm just not very smart. So I'm going to throw this out there. Because the St. Louis Blues, and I don't know how far the conversation has gone because there's been a few conversations with Jordan Bennington, and they've tried and tried and tried to find a way to get him back to the level that, uh, that he was two years ago, but also last year. He had a really good season last year. Uh, Since he signed the contract, he's got one win. He hasn't been as good, and they've focused on his game a lot more. There is there is a push now 
to stoke the fire on the emotional side. And because that has happened, and to what level, I can't totally say, but I know it's happened. Mm-hmm. There's two things Marc-Andre Fleury <laughs> has in mind for his career. One yes. is score a goal. Yes. Okay. What's the other one, Ryan? Fight. Goalie scrap. Fight. So is is knowing what, what I've told you about Jordan Binnington yeah. and trying to find that emotion, if Jordan Binnington manufactures that, gets involved tonight, and there is some kind of uh, chaos out there, mm-hmm. borderline line brawl. Yes. Would Mark Andre consider taking that as his uh, opportunity for a goal? I'm just gonna. It, I'm not saying it's gonna <laughs> happen, but there's two things that Mark really, really wants to do. Yeah. And and that's it. And even if he goes down to the other ice, maybe maybe he could do them both in one game. Like if he doesn't get into a full-fledged kerfuffle, uh, maybe he can score later on. But uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, see whether or not Jordan Bennington uh, leads by example. They're, they're going to change up uh, their lines. Uh, the Golden Knights get Chandler Stevenson back tonight. Yep. And something Pete DeBoer said this morning was uh, that Pacioretty and Stone are really happy about this. Not yeah. not That's nothing against Cody Glass. But I, I think more and more as the season goes along, and we've touched it a couple of times, uh, Chandler Stevenson means a lot to those two big wingers. It's the speed of Chandler Stevenson and how complimentary it is for Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, how it can back opposition up and allow those guys time to create. Chandler Stevenson is not just a passenger on that line. He's a key component to making it go and I don't think it's really any surprise that Pacioretty and Stone have not been terribly productive without Chandler Stevenson in the lineup. Yeah, I'll, I'll go away from the speed part, yeah. and I'll just say purely confidence-wise. Pacioretty and Stone know that they're really productive with Chandler Stevenson, however they get it done. Yeah. And, and they know that they put up more points when he's playing center ice with them. And I think that that could be uh, another one of those angles to watch tonight to see if there's one of those eruptions out of the Stone, Pacioretty, Stevenson line uh, being back together. I'll, ever since you said Jordan Bennington and Mark Andre Fleury, that's really all I can think about <laughs> right now. I, I'm just I'm salivating at the idea that there could be a kerfuffle. I'm salivating at the idea that there might be a goalie fight. And I know you're not saying that exclusively. I just think that if you put it out into the universe – Maybe it ends up happening, but uh, a consolation prize for Golden Knights fans would be to see Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty find the back of the net and really get back to the type of production we saw from them in the first half of the season. Yeah, and and maybe it'll happen on the power play and you're just feeling it a little bit more because Chandler's in the lineup. They they aren't necessarily on the same power play unit, uh, but uh, I think you feel good, you're confident going into the game, it leads to more production, and it, it might help the power play uh, turn the corner a little bit. Uh, it's funny, DeBoer thought that uh, that they'd find, well, without Paul Stastny in those 40 points, you got to pick up points somewhere. They've got yeah. it from their blue line uh, this year. They they kind of hoped the power play would, would be able to pick up the slack. Now, it, it hasn't done that, uh, but they still had a great season without that. 
Now you dial into the, the final third of the season and see if you can find something that, that, that's going to work there. And, and it might be just as simple as, as getting your number one centerman back. Normally, normally that's a really big thing. With this team getting your number one center back, uh, I, I think people aren't as uh, enthusiastic about it because Chandler Stevenson's not that prototypical frontline center uh, mm -hmm. on any team in the league kind of yeah. kind of player. But I think the, the influence that Chandler has both on the two wingers and the confidence in their game, and then subsequently that second power play unit can go a long way. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And I also think Alex Petrangelo is going to be a big key in solving the power play riddle as as he continues to get more comfortable and he continues to kind of find his footing in in terms of that type of play i would expect the numbers to go up because petrangelo is going to have a big impact there boy uh was the, was the blue line ever good the other night yes I, I, like petrangelo's pass to will carry i thought showed his range because he was down in the corner yeah. and he was he was pushing uh, where the defenseman should go, showing that rover uh, mentality. But uh, but Martinez, uh, Holden, uh, Hag, all, all involved in the offense and getting pucks to the net. And uh, there's there's some somebody made the point the other night. It's not it's not just the traffic in front. And I get guilty of this uh, because I'm a big believer in traffic. You got to have somebody at the net. Sure. And, and I would like two guys at the net. Uh, it was like packing a, a Volkswagen. Uh, it, like how many people can we get in there? I want to see as many as possible at the net. But uh, I think it was Pete DeBoer that, that uh, offered up the statement. It's, it's about the, you can have 20 guys at the net. <laughs> if, if you can't find somebody to get the puck into that area, it doesn't matter. Right. And the other night, they were way better. It, it was almost like a light switch went on and i don't know whether that switch is because the st louis blues offer electricity to power the offense of, of the the vegas golden knights or whether it was that they, they just they they played a much better game after watching some video but uh, it was it was way more effective it's it's hard to say right because we've, we've seen this team absolutely find their touch against the st louis blues all season long i think it's 25 goals in five games that the Golden Knights have scored against St. Louis. So you'll take it any way you can get it, and you hope that, that, that what you do in these two games will extend beyond these two games for the Golden Knights just in terms of finding their offense and going to the right areas and getting pucks into those areas to find that offense. Can you believe that going into this year, the Golden Knights were 0 for 3 years in St. Louis? <laughs> and, and now they, they have a chance to go 4-0 at Enterprise Center. How it, quickly can that turn around? Well, it can turn around incredibly quickly, and that's why it's always interesting to me when, when I hear the talk about can't win in Minnesota or you can't beat Minnesota. Like, you're going to go through stretches where you're not going to win games. You're going to go through stretches where you just can't find a win in certain buildings, and then all of a sudden – it's going to click. You're going to get one, and that can that can turn into two and three. And we're seeing it this year with Vegas and St. Louis. I don't see any reason to believe that that couldn't happen against Minnesota as this this season continues to unfold. Uh, one thing I was looking at today in doing my notes for the uh, Teeth in the Hair and the uh, AT&T Sportsnet broadcast, uh, the, the Golden Knights have three forwards that have played every game this year. Off the top of your head, can you name them? Ooh, um, I'm going to say William Carlson. Yes. 
I'm going to say Riley Smith. Right. So now, now you're on a, on a real roll. Uh, I'm going to say Jonathan Marchessault. Exactly. Is that not I'm strange, just a, a weird stat, coincidence? Uh, but isn't it interesting that all the three forwards that have played every game for the Golden Knights this year, there's four players in total. Uh, Alec Martinez has also done it. But three forwards have played the entire season, and they all play in the same line. And there's, I can't, there's no reason <laughs> that I can give you to explain that or justify that or... Uh, or, or paint a picture as to why that's the case. It's just one of those weird stats. Yeah, that's a weird one. That, that's a, I, I don't because like I'm like you. I, I don't think that there's anything to read into that. No, they don't play a different just, style. They don't do anything it, different than than anybody else. It's just they've they've been able to stay healthy all year long. That's that's pretty remarkable. And they've they've had a pension for doing that over the course of their their time with the Golden Knights. Like Carlson yeah. missed time last year and. He was the uh, the Iron Man guy, uh, so it uh, it's just one of those so strange little tidbits that I had uh, coming out of uh, out of the research uh, for this game. So uh, Vegas scores six goals. Is it is it going to be tougher tonight, or do they just feel it against the St. Louis Blues, and they're able to roll it again? I mean, if I'm Doug Armstrong and and I'm Craig Berube, it better be tougher, right? Like. Like, it better be tougher, and not because of anything that Vegas is going to do, but because of what the effort level and, and that execution is going to look like for the St. Louis Blues. It, it's got to be tougher for the Golden Knights because they've been able to score at will against this team. If I'm Vegas looking at this game, you have to feel really confident in any game that you play against St. Louis. You have to feel confident in your ability to score, and you also have to feel confident that you can score again at will because you did it with depth on Monday and it's just a matter of time before the likes of Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and Alex Tuck and Riley Smith find the back of the net. I I, I feel like it should be tougher. I don't know that it's going to be. Uh, Tongue-in-cheek, I threw out the Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, two goals that he wants to accomplish. One is score, and yep. the other one is, uh, is a goalie fight. So I, I just threw that out there because I know Jordan Bennington's being challenged to be uh, more emotional and, and lead. Uh, on his side of it. A couple of times in the last two weeks, Braden Shen fought uh, mm -hmm. early in games. One yeah. was right off the opening faceoff. I wouldn't be shocked if something like that happened again. And uh, it, I don't know whether Coach DeBoer sees it the same way and he, and he altered it because he's been, he's been starting the Carlson line yeah. a lot lately. I don't know whether he, he goes away from that just because... Craig Berube has the option of starting Shen. And coaches, as much as we uh, like to, to think that they have everything uh, like under their, their thumb, coaches don't send guys out to fight. Sure. They, they, use, they take it upon themselves, and Shen did that recently. So that, that'll be a key indicator, too, as to where this game might, might go in the early going. Yeah, and, and, you know, those fights for Braden Shen were certainly big moments for him and key moments in those particular games. I, I'm, I'm curious to see if that happens. I guess the only question that I, I have is, if you're Braden Shen, who are you going with? Like, right. who are you going with? It doesn't with? matter. I, it, in, a, in a way, it does, though, right? Because you're going to sit for five minutes. You, you've got to try to get something of equal value on the other side, No. I think it's purely just stoke the fire of his team emotionally. Yeah. And it might it, it may not matter whether he's fighting one of the meat grinders or or somebody on the uh, on the first or whether it's Chandler Stevenson or 
or or William Carl, like whoever whoever he grabs. But uh, <laughs> uh, I just I I don't know whether it means you're taking somebody out from from the Golden Knights or whether it's just uh, to 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 lead emotionally. Where do you think they go tonight with their their pivots with the And we're only on here for one hour because yep. Ryan kicks us off so That's we can true. do the pregame show, uh, which is uh, very important on the VGK Radio Network. Uh, Dan and Gary in, in St. Louis and uh, Ryan uh, working things on the pre and the post game and the intermissions. Where With Chandler Stevenson coming back, it, it forces a couple of decisions for Pete DeBoer. Nosek did the media availability today, which was yeah. awesome uh, <laughs> because he took after taking the puck to the face, you'd think he might get a pass on that uh, for a couple of days. No, they're like He's on such a roll right now. Uh, he, he gets it done. So uh, Nosek's going in, in such a, a good way right now. Where do you What do you do with your third and your fourth line pivots? Yeah, I mean, I think Tomas Nosek has to be your third line center going into this game, right? Like, he's I would been, say so. He's been so good, and, and he's, he's continuing to find the back of the net. He's continuing to find production. I don't know that you go away from that. As far as your your fourth line goes, I I think Nick was your guy. Like, it, you you know exactly what you're going to get out of that player in that role, and I I think you need a little bit of that size and, and heaviness to the game and, and ability to just kind of get into the corners. I also think that with Nick Waugh, you've you've got a guy that can that can help out on on penalty kill and all that. So I, I just I I think that Nosek and Waugh are going to be the third and the fourth line center for the Golden Knights tonight. Boy, they got to get Nick Waugh going, or not? They have to get him going. Nick Waugh's got to get going. You're not wrong. You're not I, wrong. There's one goal there, and it's there was so much anticipation last year coming off the the Calder Cup and yeah. the acquisition, and he just looked like he was on the verge of of breaking out and. Again, not everything happens in the same schedule where it's a steady progression. And offensively, I, I like his game, but Keegan Colasar gets way more chances sure. than Nick Waugh does. Hey, you could say they, they both have the same number of goals. That's fair. But if you were going to put money down on who's going to like erupt, it'd be Keegan Colasar just based on the, the glorious opportunities he's had right now. I need to see Nick Watt generating and and giving himself better looks. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, it's it's tough because you're absolutely right in terms of production in, in, in Watt and Keegan Colasar, but there's also the, the assist that Colasar is getting. He's coming off of a two-assist night mm-hmm. uh, on, on Monday, and he's been in and around a lot for the Golden Knights this season. So, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I, Keegan Colazar has really kind of taken his opportunity. He's run with it for sure. Um, but you're right. In terms of Nick Waugh, he's got to find a way to be more productive. He's got to find a way to get some of those scoring chances. And when he does, he's got to bury it because what we expected this season from Nick Waugh has not really borne out to this point. Right. We've seen the step in Nosek. Thomas Nosek yeah. Has, yeah. has elevated the level of his game to answer some of the questions about uh, performance down the middle. Cody Glass, they're waiting on. Keegan yeah. Colasar has answered from the 13th forward at the start of the year to knocking on the door of 10 points and uh, and should, seriously, conservatively, should have five goals. Like, that's <laughs> that's just at the low end of, of yeah. where he should be. Yeah. Uh, and, and Nick Waugh, Colasar sort of the, the Nick Waugh 
from last year where there's so many good signs there uh, that you're really comfortable. And if a week out from the trade deadline, that that last pivot center ice position is just the only the only concern. And it's not a huge concern. I, I like the, the players, but it's the only little concern that I have where I can see yeah. them upgrading. Yeah, for sure. And it's not even I, a I mean, concern. Like, like, and that's that. That's what's going to be fascinating about the next five days is, is what do you see that either allows you to believe that you've got it and it's good, or uh, shows you that you've got to try to figure out something at the deadline. Like that's going to be fascinating surrounding this team, and really what Kelly McCrimmon's going to do come trade deadline day. Trade deadline day is next Monday, and we have you covered. The Golden Knights are in Los Angeles that night, uh, the back half of 2-2 uh, two and two after they finish off a series against Arizona. And uh, we will have uh, everything sorted out for you, uh, all the deals from around the National Hockey League and whatever the Golden Knights have uh, in store, as well as reaction from uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, Kelly McCrimmon and, and company. Uh, we will take a break. When we come back, uh, some one-timers uh, bring you up to date with uh, the latest uh, Vancouver Canucks, uh, what's happening there, and some other news and notes uh, from the National Hockey League, some uh, players being sat out uh, because of uh, precautionary measures, not COVID, but in anticipation of a trade, and then the good news of the day. It's the VGK Insider Show, one-hour edition on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Go to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Still in some of our thunder, Max Marushov, a seventh-round pick uh, signed by the Vegas Golden Knights, and he is going to report to the uh, Henderson Silver Knights. So I just wanted to make that officially part of our one-timer segment, news and notes. Uh, we can tell you that the Winnipeg Jets have had a, a good season to date, but they will be without their captain for the next little bit as Blake Wheeler's being treated for concussion-like symptoms. Uh, they, they haven't used the word, well, they've used the word concussion around him, but yeah. they haven't used it as he's suffering from a concussion. What Paul Maurice, the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, said was he was fine after he took the hit from uh, Brady Kachuk, which left a real raspberry on his cheek. Yeah. And then he w- came in and didn't feel good the, a couple of days later, and that's why. So uh, Blake Wheeler, they're starting a five-game road trip, did not travel with the team. He can join the club at some point, at any point, during the five-game road trip, but sure. he would have to fly privately yeah i mean it's a big it's a a big hole for the winnipeg jets who are you know who are having a a a really good season who are are poised to to be among i mean i think i would i would argue they're probably the second best team in canada i know edmonton is right there but i i like the winnipeg jets just simply because they've got connor hellebuck and i'm always going to go for the goalie uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a tough break, but hopefully Blake Wheeler is is going to be okay and that he gets to full health soon and back in the lineup for the Winnipeg Jets. Did you guys see the play where Brady Kachuk uh, collided with Blake Wheeler? I did not. Okay. No. All right. I was curious. It, it looked like one of those unintentional elbows that just happened to be in the area that you could say, eh, because of who they are. Like, the Kachuks play the game really hard. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying he elbowed him on purpose, but 
finishing your check in any way possible uh, fell in, in line with, with that play. And it just, it's, it's tough to, sit, to, to have any supplemental discipline on the play, but when you look at Chandler Stevenson getting three games for what he did, it just it made me uh, pause. So, Where do you draw the line between hard and dirty? Uh, this would have been greasy. So greasy is is the line between hard and dirty. Greasy, and and Keith played the game greasy. Matthew plays the game greasy, and Brady is definitely greasy. And I love. I'm just going to be put myself at the front of the line when if you need a flag bearer. For the greasy team coming into the stadium at the start of the Olympic Games, I'm not Team Greece. I'm not like the country Greece. I'm Team Greasy. I okay. love Greasy. So I think it's safe to so, say that nobody in the Kachuk family will be getting any Christmas cards from the people of Winnipeg. Well, no, no yeah, yeah. When you when you factor in Last Matthew year, Kachuk yeah. and and Mark Shifley, you're right. But and here's the thing, Keith Keith is a Winnipeg Jet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mary, his wife's from Winnipeg, uh, so Chantel Oster, uh, now Chantel Kachuk, but uh, brother, she's the brother. Her brother is Craig Oster, the, the big player agent. Uh, here's one for you guys. Boy, I went down a rabbit hole there. Uh, <laughs> my buddy Doug McLean, who was on the podcast last week, and and was awesome. Like I totally miss how Doug can just throw stuff out there, carve somebody, and then move on without blinking an eye. His give-a-crap meter, Doug's give-a-crap meter is is what makes him brilliant because it's zero. <laughs> uh, he, he went on Edmonton Radio today and said, and I quote, this is Doug McClain. Okay. I also heard yesterday that Edmonton is in on a guy from Buffalo that everybody wants, Taylor Hall. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now that sent everybody in Edmonton scrambling today. Let's go. Trying to figure out if there's anything to that. Because at first you go, no way. Not a chance. <laughs> Come on. Good, good story. Exciting. It's got some sizzle to it. It'll get you some clicks. But no way. And and <laughs> I've read a few of the comments from the reporters there. And I would probably be doing the same thing. If I haven't heard that and, mm-hmm. and Doug comes out with that, do I want to be spending all day chasing something that he just throws out there because <laughs> I haven't heard it myself. But yeah. I, I, there's there's part of me that thinks there's something there. Right. So this is what Doug went on to say. How's that going to work? How could Taylor Hall go there on the deal? The guy, and Doug loves this. I was talking to somebody, or there's a guy, there's always a guy. The guy told me they're looking at a deal <laughs> that would have them both done for less than $12 million for both of them, talking about Hall and RNH, and it would work next year. It was a reasonable source that said that. No, wow. it was a reasonable source that said that. I don't know. And Doug was great because last week he said the hardest part about covering the league, mm-hmm. as we said in the podcast, is watching the games. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't like he doesn't like spending all the time watching the games, but he still talks to enough people. Like he's oh. he's still involved to a certain extent. Is he an insider like Drager or Kipper or Elliot Friedman? No. But Doug isn't going to just, if he doesn't hear it or isn't told it, he's not making it up. So I want that to be really clear. He's not just making stuff up. But 
if he hears something, he is one of the first people that will ever repeat that. I just don't know the source that came from it. So uh, I was excited <laughs> to bring this to you guys. Taylor Is Taylor Hall to Edmonton a real thing? I don't know, but Doug knocked over the hornet's nest today in Edmonton. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> it, it would be great if all the Edmonton Oilers needed was a player like Taylor Hall to put them over the top like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be so good. Like oh. this is this is now my my the trade that I want to see happen most. I'm with you. I I I, I think it would be so fun. To see Taylor Hall back in Edmonton and potentially like winning something, <laughs> like let's let's go, let's go. Why so not how, come full circle? How would it work? He's in an expiring contract, so if you can move something out, I I can see it. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's not the craziest thing. Let me put it that way. Is it likely? I'm still not. I'm still not willing to go there. But I, I, I'm willing to go. This is all I want to see from the trade deadline. Taylor Hall back in Edmonton. That's where I'm at now. Thank you. Thank you, Doug McLean. I'm Thank you. St- I still think Boston is in there. Now, can Boston do enough to make Buffalo make that happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I also wouldn't rule out the New York Islanders sure. when it comes to Taylor Hall. Those those are my two favorites for a landing spot for, for the winger. I think you're right from like a practicality standpoint, but I'm throwing all that out the window now. Like you put it in you put it in front of me. I I, I don't care what happens. I want Taylor Hall back in Edmonton. It would be too funny. I don't know whether it happens today, though. Like, Taylor Hall's been taken out of the mix for yeah. the Buffalo Sabres yeah. uh, as a precaution because they don't want him to get hurt. Uh, if I'm Kevin Adams, I'm not making that deal until Monday at 1130. <laughs> because I want I want Boston desperate. I want the Islanders desperate. And Lou's yeah. never going to get yeah. Lou's, Lou's got his price that he's going to pay for Taylor Hall already set sure. and he's not moving on it and if he gets him he gets him if he doesn't he doesn't like lose not moving on on that price but there, there's i'm not saying that that don sweeney won't move with buffalo and i'm not saying ken holland won't move now ken holland got burned a bit last year on his deadline acquisitions they didn't work out in yeah. fact one of those playing in la right now and having a pretty good season they didn't even qualify andreas athens yeah, yeah he he didn't even play in the bubble he, he bailed on that right so uh not did I see you not play in the bubble? I'm pretty sure he bailed on it, yeah. Okay, double-check that, okay? Uh, so, I just, I don't know how active that they will be when it comes to uh, to giving up pieces, but it's it would be a good one. And and again, just in case you, you missed it earlier, Mike Hoffman is not going to play tonight for the, for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Uh, I am leaning towards that being out for uh, precautionary because he's going to be moved. Uh, I don't think this is a healthy scratch situation for for the St. Louis Blues. They're they're on the bubble right now, yep. and it's going to be really tough for St. Louis to get like can they like we watch this team resurrect itself sure. and not only make the playoffs but win the Stanley Cup two years ago. Uh, I'm not going to count them out, but it's going to be really tough. 
Uh, Hoffman's on a one-year deal anyway. Uh, I, Doug Armstrong has made big moves in the past. Paul Stastny, uh, as we chatted yesterday with Gary Lawless, uh, a couple of years, uh, well, the year before the, the Stanley Cup run. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to, to trade away expiring contracts, even if they're in the playoff push. So um, I would think that, that Mike Hoffman is, is one of those players uh, in the mix. And you know another team to start watching is the mm-hmm. Dallas Stars. Yeah. What they're going to do. Jamie Alexiak is a player there that contributes more offensively than you think right. by the by the man, one of the two players in the National Hockey League named uh, Big Rig. How can you have two guys <laughs> named Big Rig in one league? Uh, I, but uh, but that's the case. Uh, I, I would anticipate that uh, a lot of teams will be knocking on the door of Jim Nill looking to see if they can acquire Jamie Alexiak. Where are you at on Dallas? Do you think that they're just they're, they they just got too much to, to make up in order to get to the playoffs? Because yeah. they're, they're, they're still a team that I don't want to count out yet. Yeah, I'm counting them out. Okay. They're, they're, they're seven points out, and with no momentum, uh, I just I find it. They had never had like, injuries going into the season. They've never been healthy. Still have guys out. And then that that brush with COVID yeah. just took them out of any rhythm and or stamina to get off to a good start. It's just it's they were knocked off balance at the start and have never been able to uh, regain any type of uh, stability, which is good. I mean, look what Vancouver is going to have to do uh, coming up. Th- these teams that, that have had real shutdowns yep. with COVID, yep. Buffalo, Dallas, now Vancouver, it's it's not hard. One, two guys, you can get by. Yep. Any more than that, it's tough. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, catching up with Chapman as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Okay, this is where we're supposed to do catching up with Chapman, but I got to make a little, like, quick audible. How much time do we have here? We have about a minute. Minute? Yes. I'm interviewing Steve Brill tomorrow for the Chirp Podcast, yes. and he's the guy that the, the producer, and he's had some some acting roles, but he's director, and he did all the Mighty Ducks movies, and he's doing the reboot, the series, and I'm leaning on Wallace for all kinds of information. I just found out that Jeff, who's with you, running, turning all the knobs stuff, is a big Mighty Duck fan as well. And you guys, like you guys, haven't been excited about any of my guests as much as you have about I, Stephen Brill. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, as much as I want to talk about this right now, the New York Islanders just tweeted out uh, that they have acquired Kyle Palmieri huh. and Travis Tra- Travis Zajac. Wow! From the New Jersey Devils in exchange for forwards Greer Jobst and the Isles' first round pick in the 2021 NHL Draft. And a conditional fourth-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. Zajac, Winnipeg guy. Palmieri Zajac and just went over a thousand games. Oh. All with like, one that's team. That's a good trade. Uh, they they had money that they could absorb because of the Anders Lee injury. Lou yeah. Lamorello getting in early and making the move. Wow. The Devils also agreed to retain 50% on both Palmieri and Zajac salaries. Palmieri, a Long year. Island guy, actually. He's from Smithtown, Long Island, I believe. It's a good trade. Let's see if that softens things up because there hasn't been much happening. Uh, we knew Palmieri would be gone. Zajac? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, chat about more about that, I'm, I'm sure, tomorrow on the VGK Insider <laughs> Show. Right now, we turn the page. The Golden Knights against the St. Louis Blues. Round four in St. Louis. Vegas going for the sweep. VGK Radio Network. Pre-game shows next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thank <laughs> you.